eBay Motors es tu socio seguro. Con trabajo, piezas nuevas y mucha pasión, transformaste una carrocería oxidada con 100,000 millas en un vehículo totalmente singular. Juegos de frenos, faros, lo que necesites, eBay Motors lo tiene. Con Guaranteed Fit de eBay, te aseguras que la pieza le quede a tu carro a la primera o se te devuelve tu dinero. Y a estos precios, ¿qué más llantas sino dinero? Mantén vivo ese espíritu de Ride or Die, baby, en eBay Motors. eBayMotors.com Solo para artículos elegibles. Se aplican en Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje, fortaleza es hacer todo, como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Aloha mamá, sorry por responder hasta ahora Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk Hawái es increíble, luego te cuento más Te quiero Be all you can be, visitando goarmy.com diagonal español When something happens to your car You might say But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Univision Audio. And when I turned my back to her again, she was right in front of me. It was just terrifying. And after it was established, the story, we all believed that it was La Llorona or something worse possessing her. We, we weren't sure. We heard a soft crying. Then it turned into a full-blown scream. Like, I cannot describe it. It was the scream you only hear from someone in real pain. Welcome to the first episode of this Univision original podcast series about La Llorona, which means The Weeping Woman, brought to you by Warner Brothers, a tale that has its origins in Mexico and Latin America about an evil that has no bounds. She has been seen and heard by people in the United States as well. Some of the encounters and testimonials we have today are of people that have lived horrific encounters with this demonic spirit that wanders at night, crying for her dead children. They wrote us to enigmas at univision.net of our podcast Enigmas Sin Resolver, which means Unsolved Mysteries. My name is Daphne Wegebe, and this is La Llorona Podcast. La Llorona means the weeping woman. She is a legend of Mexico and the Spanish Southwest, and she is a type of ghost or demon that can be encountered anywhere. According to the TV series Sleepy Hollow, a subtype is also found occasionally in the 13 colonies. Almost every Spanish-speaking population of North Mexico City has its own version of this tale. The details vary, but the ending is always the same. Her name was Maria. She lived a long time ago and she fell in love with a handsome ranchero. Because of him, 
she drowned her own children in a river. Some say she killed them and then herself, out of grief and rage, when her ranchero abandoned her. Others say these children were from an earlier marriage. She killed them so she could be free to marry again. According to a third version of the tale, her children drowned by accident when she left them alone to go to a dance with her new boyfriend. All versions agree that her spirit cannot rest, and she is cursed to spend eternity wandering and weeping, searching for her lost children along the banks of rivers and canals. Ever since, people have seen a beautiful woman dressed in white walking beside rivers and canals at night. Her hair mangled and her eyes red from crying. Many have heard her weeping, and a brave few have gotten close enough to hear her sob. Ay, mis hijos, which means, oh, my children. Some versions of the tale are darker still. It is said that bad luck will soon befall anyone who sees the weeping woman, or that she will steal and even drown any children she finds in the course of her wanderings. In the Mexican folklore and history, there have been a few female characters that are rumored to be La Llorona. La Malinche was one of 20 women given to Hernán Cortés by the people of Tabasco in 1519. She served the conquistador as a translator and advisor, eventually becoming his mistress and bearing his first son, whom he named Martín. She spoke Mayan as well as the Aztec language, Nahual, and helped Cortés form local alliances and lead potential rebellions. Cortés is reported to have said that after God, La Malinche, which is also known as Doña Marina, was the main reason for his success in Mexico. Contemporary Aztec records almost never depict Cortés without her by his side, and they sometimes show her alone, apparently acting on her own initiative and authority. Unlike Disney's Pocahontas, though, La Malinche did not keep her European paramour. Cortés abandoned her to marry a good Spanish lady. While it is not recorded that she killed her children, and some sources claim she died in 1529, other sources hint that she did not suffer his abandonment meekly. In some later fiction, she lives on as a vengeful resistant leader, and even as a vampire. Siwakoatl was an Aztec goddess, the most prominent of several patron deities of childbirth and motherhood. It has been said that the Aztecs honored the woman who died in childbirth as highly as a warrior who died in battle. According to Mexican folklore, the goddess was seen shortly after Cortés appeared, weeping for the loss of her children, an omen of the fall of the Aztec empire at his hands. Sihuacoatl had a son named Mixcoatl, who became a god of the hunt and the star. She abandoned him at a crossroad, but regretted her decision and returned weeping, only to find a sacrificial knife where her son had been. The spirits of women who died in childbirth serve Siwakoatl. 
Known as divine women, they hunt crossroads at night, steal children, and cause seizures and other illnesses. Although these Aztec legends did not correspond exactly with the commonly told story of La Llorona, it is easy to see how they may have influenced its development. Tienes mucho en tus manos, pero con solo mover un dedo puedes dar marcha atrás con Pro Trailer Backup Assist disponible. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Ya sea que estés trabajando al máximo o divirtiéndote al máximo, esta camioneta te respalda porque está hecha para ser una parte indispensable de tu equipo. Fuerza así de inteligente solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford. Have you ever seen her? Have you heard her cries? Viene por tus hijos. An evil that has no bounds? The Curse of La Llorona. Only in theaters on April 19th. We have in this moment Michelle Blanco. Gracias. Thank you so much, Michelle, for writing us, for trusting us. Tell me a little bit about what happened and your experience. Did you see her? Did you hear her? And what was your reaction? Yeah, thank you. Well, I was in the seventh grade, and I had a terrifying dream where I saw myself standing on a dark road with only the light coming from a dim street light. Otherwise, it was very dark. And um, the ground was wet, and in the distance, I could hear the sound of rain falling. And then I kept hearing the tapping of the footsteps coming toward me. Um, so I, looked, I could look in the darkness, and I could make out a woman dressed all in black with um, a dark, lacy veil covering her face moving toward me. But strangely, as the mysterious woman grew closer, so did the rain. I could hear the rain a lot closer. Um, and so when the woman was about 15 feet in front of me, she looked over my shoulder. And I turned around to see what she was looking at, and I saw a young child dressed in a white nightgown, playing with a doll in the middle of a puddle. And when I turned my back to her again, she was right in front of me, oh. about three inches from my face. Uh, her veil was lifted. Her eyes were abnormally wide, and it was just terrifying. Her eyes stared dead into mine until I woke up in a panic. Um, and immediately I looked at the window, and it was raining, as you can imagine. I did not sleep for the rest of the night. Especially because you're telling me that in your dream, it was raining, right? As she was coming closer to you, the rain was getting worse. And now you wake up and it is raining. So I can only imagine you go thinking, maybe this is real and she's actually here, right? Exactly. It was so vivid. It felt so real. Um, and it really shook me to my core. Um, but the next day I tried to shake off the dream and, you know, didn't think anything more about it. Until a year later, um, I was spending the night with my friend Veronica, who had also invited another friend named Sarah. And during the evening, Sarah, who was Hispanic, began telling us some of the legends and the ghost stories of the Mexican culture. And when she started to explain about um, the tale of La Llorona, I didn't think anything of it at first until she started to explain how the legendary spirit travels by water and dresses in 
all black or white and almost always wears a veil. Kind of freaked me out a bit. Um, So Sarah continued to tell us that La Llorona lifts her veil only to see her victims that she has chosen to help her find the bones of her lost children. And so now I am terrified once again, wondering if maybe in my afterlife I'll be forced to help her find the bones of her lost children. You know, I try to shake it off and make it seem like, you know, it's just a dream, and I woke up the next day, and, you know. um, But knowing that potentially through the dream, La Llorona can actually, you know, come alive, I guess you could say. yeah, but, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to say don't be that scared, because, you see, we had this episode, this special episode with um, our special expert, she's Anixia Garcia, she's also going to be with us in our next episode for this La Llorona podcast, and she was telling us that she's vibrating really low, but, you know, that doesn't mean that she's actually going to do something to you. I think we have to just kind of try to send her to the light, right? Somehow having thoughts of happiness when we think about her, send her love. So even though the dream might be real, I wouldn't be scared. I would just try to send her love. (laughs) Well, that makes me feel a little bit better knowing that, you know, she may not be totally angry. Michelle, there are a lot of, you know, people that don't believe in this type of things out there. And, you know, I enjoy these people because they have really good questions. They have a really good thought process that is difficult to debate somehow. Nonetheless, um, I like people that are open-minded and that they have their doubts, but they are willing to hear other options. What would you say to these people that don't believe that La Llorona is real, but that you have actually, you have had an experience with her? What would you tell them? I would say definitely to pay attention. You know, if if you're near a body of water or if you have a dream that maybe has that included or if you have a dream similar to mine, you know, don't think that it isn't true. You know, I... I'm living proof (laughs) that it is true. You know, you could choose to believe it or not, but I'm just, I believe it. (laughs) So I would just say, you know, don't, don't disregard it just from the beginning. It might be true. Right. Do you know anyone else that had someone close to you? I know your friend, Veronica, uh, she told me, you told me she's Hispanic, right? Yes. Okay, so anyone else that you would know that have has had an experience uh, with La Llorona or, or is just like something that happened to you besides the tale, right, that everyone talks about? Well, crazy enough, after I shared, you know, after I found out about La Llorona, I went back to my family and turns out my grandfather has had an experience much different from mine. Um, one day he was driving down a dark road and he saw a hitchhiker who was also dressed in white and she was a crying woman and he picked her up and she went in his back seat and when he turned around to ask her if she was okay, she was gone. And that always stuck in his mind, but he never wanted to share it with the family until after I mentioned this whole experience with my dream and he came forth and told me. 
Okay, yeah, and of course we don't want to make you uncomfortable if, if, if you know, you don't want to go into the detail because, you know, these are things that sometimes we don't want to share, especially with, when it is a family member and not your own experience. Sometimes you, well, you don't know if they want to share that, right? Uh, but thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Michelle. I just want to thank you for being here, uh, for sharing your experience with your dream, for sharing the experience that one of your family members had. And you say, you know, we have also people that say they, they were driving and they saw her then most of them had seen her through the waters right because she drowned her and children so like you said whether you want to believe or not why to risk it just be careful if you've heard that she is close or nearby uh, I just want to thank you one more time Michelle uh, thank you Blanco for being thank you for writing us and, and well thank you so much And well, that was Michelle Blanco. She wrote us to enigmas at univision.net for this original podcast series about La Llorona. And we also have two special episodes about La Llorona in this Spanish podcast in which you can share your experiences, you can send your audios, and we would be more than happy to have you sharing your experiences. And well, I think it's time to go with our next testimony. Um, do we have him on the line, Guido? Okay, I think we're ready then. Uh, I want to welcome you, Arturo Bradic. I Am I pronouncing your last name right, Bradic? Uh, yes, you are. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for being with us in this uh, special series about La Llorona. Um, well, we just had our first testimony. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for trusting. I know this sometimes is difficult to relieve these things, right? Because you have to remember everything that happened and you have to live it again. So first of all, thank you. So you can go as much detail of you as you want. You don't have to do, you know, every little thing because I know, like I said, that is difficult. But tell me a little bit about what happened to you. Okay, uh, like you said, my name is Arturo Bradek. Okay. Um, Just to be clear, this is not my tale. Uh, it's my mother's. Oh, okay. Um, when I was a boy, uh, my mother once uh, told me a story about a peculiar man uh, who lived in her town, a uh, small town where she was from. The population was about 900 people. It's a very secluded area in Mexico. The town was called Nopala. Um, when my mother was a child, uh, there was a folk tale of a woman who belonged to an abusive husband. This man, I mean, he was a monster. Okay. He was a terrible person. He would beat and terrify his children and his wife to the point of insanity. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, this story that I'm going to tell of, of this particular lady goes, uh, one day, I mean, she's a very poor and desperate woman. Uh, she ran out of food and she didn't know what else to do. She knew if she didn't put food on the table that her husband, I mean, he would... She was. She, she didn't know what he was capable of. He would torture, do anything, at any point. Uh, so one day, I mean, she did the unthinkable. Um, she drove herself to kill her own children. Just, I mean, just to feed her family. She drove herself to kill her own children, to put food on the table. Just the thought of that is just ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, after this, after this occurred, uh, the woman changed. Uh, She couldn't stay there anymore. She escaped, eventually uh, getting uh, symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Uh, from sightings of people in the town, they witnessed her very delusional, screaming, I miss hijos, which is all my children, uh, pursuing kids that were out late at night, 
This eventually became a tale that people told in the town, but the origin of the story is very true. Okay. Um, and this is where she got the name La Llorona, which is the crier. None of this story, this, it's never really affected my family until one specific day. Um, my grandmother uh, asked my second cousin to bring some food and medicine to uh, her house outside of Nopala. And in order for my second cousin to get there, she uh, she had to walk through the forest, which is not out of the ordinary for her. She's done it many times before, and it wasn't something, it wasn't asking a lot of her. But, so this uh, is something that she usually did, right? Yeah, she's, like, yeah she's, okay. she's done this before. And she never times. had any type of experience? No, she's never had anything in the past, but this specific time, she's walking her normal walk, and in the distance, she through the trees, she spots a woman kind of looking into the ground, only wearing a white veil, just standing there. No movement, nothing at all. Okay. Um, so she just, you know, kept, or my cousin kept walking. Mm-hmm. Just kept walking in the same direction, getting closer and closer to this silent woman. It wasn't until she heard whimpering and sobs that she stopped. But when she stopped, it wasn't, it wasn't a voluntary stop. She couldn't move. Like, she, she physically could not move. She was paralyzed. The whimpering began to get closer and closer to, to her and still unable to move. Then she, when she realized she was walking, she shortly realized she wasn't walking, that she was just hovering over the floor. Her feet were bare, very skeleton-like. Her sobs grew louder and louder. Uh, the, the most terrifying thing was her face. It was non-existent. She had no face. It was just a, a wooden plank in her face. With but what are you? I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I no, just, yeah, I just okay. wanted you know the audience to get the, the yeah. image real. Uh, because some people say that they see this really white woman that she's really you know you see almost deformed, if you will. And so basically, because she has so much pain, or who knows how she died, right? They say yeah. she drowned, and you know, yeah. you usually stay like the way you died. But I want to know because this is completely different to what we have heard, right? You're saying she has what was it that she had in her face? She like had a wooden plank for a face. Okay. She um, had no face. Okay, okay. Kind of, like a, kind of like a mask, but with no eyes. Now, this um, is interesting. It's the first time I heard a testimony saying that. So it's a new perspective, right? Maybe. Different, I don't know. yeah. Who knows? But uh, suddenly the sobbing stopped. Uh, it was complete silence. All you could hear was the trembling from my cousin's fingers. I mean, it was, it was, it was complete silence. She was right up to her face, pretty much nose to nose. And... It was terrifying, terrifying to her. And it was complete sign. All, all you can hear, she opened her mouth and just squealed this demonic, oh, no, no. loud noise right in her face. Oh, my gosh. And that's all, that's all she remembers. She, she, she passed out after that. After she opened her mouth and her face, she passed out. And after several hours of her not returning back home, uh, my family went out looking for her. And uh, they found her on the floor, uh, fainted, passed out on the floor, but her eyes were open still. Okay. Um, like she was in shock, you would say? She just wasn't, I mean, potentially, I mean, yes, she had to have been in shock. I mean, but she was just, 
It was like she was Paralyzed. dead. It was like yeah, she was. It was like she was dead. Oh my god! But she she was was she, she was she was alive, but she was. Okay, she said we <laughs> I didn't know if asking. Okay, okay. She was not dead. She was alive. Um, they okay. brought her back to the house. She didn't speak, eat, sleep for three days. We didn't know what happened. I mean, some of the family thought maybe she got raped. We weren't we weren't really sure what happened. And uh, finally, uh, after three days of her not saying anything, she finally was able to speak. And uh, she retold us the story to my to my mother and the family. Uh, and after it was established, the story we all believed that it was La Llorona or something worse possessing her. We we weren't sure. Okay. Did she ever go uh, to the hospital? No, uh, she didn't. Uh, she didn't go to the hospital. Um, after she told the story, the family wasn't sure of what she experienced, so they brought her to see an, uh, an exorcist. Uh, but she never spoke of this story again. After she told the family what happened, uh, she never. She never spoke of the story again. She didn't tell anyone. Okay. At all. I just want to clarify to the audience what you heard was uh, our manager. <laughs> He's outside with our sound engineer um, helping us, and, and he had the question if whether he she went to the hospital or not after this, right? Um, and so, yeah, right, you, I guess I can only imagine you were just wondering what is it that she saw. This reminds me too, there is a really famous movie. I remember if it is... Um, I think I'm almost sure it's The Conjuring. The Conjuring, um, yeah. Well, yeah. we have this couple, right? The real life couple that they 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 have this museum in their house with haunted, haunted objects that they recollect somehow from houses and people and all of this. And the woman, her name is uh, Lorraine Water. Uh, I'm sorry, Lorraine Warren. I'm sorry, uh, just remembering here. And she had an experience that she wasn't able to talk about that because she saw something like a demonic uh, spirit or something. And she just didn't want to talk about it for years because it was and everyone was asking right what is it that she saw she doesn't want to say it but what is it that she saw because she's seen so many things working in this and helping people and you know exorcisms haunted places spirits but this was the only experience that she didn't want to talk about that so you know everyone was like what is it that she exactly saw that it could be so horrible more horrible than any other thing which is a lot already uh so i guess you were you were kind of in that place right what is it that she saw yeah i mean that I, that's the one thing that's still three days. Me. i mean i have nightmares I, i just i don't know what exactly she saw that caused her to faint and what what face did she see what did she see that caused her to faint I, that's the one question that yeah. was never answered and, 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 I, and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, it's tough. I just, I, I don't know what she saw. I myself, like I said, I have the nightmares and just curious as to what exactly happened. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about three days, not yeah. sleeping, not eating. And then, she, I mean, she was paralyzed when you, when your family found her. So, uh, yeah, well, 
I can only say thank you so much for sharing this experience. Uh, like I was telling my previous uh, testimony, I know it is difficult sometimes, especially when it is family, right? Because even though you didn't live it, it's family and you're saying their experience. So it is kind of like a responsibility, I would say, right? Because you have to share something that is not yours, but you know it is important and it is something that probably shaped you and who you are right I now absolutely. is something that so it is a responsibility and and you sharing this with us uh, something that is not completely yours uh well, we, we can just thank you for being in this special series about la llorona uh, telling you your testimony um Arturo. thank you for having me thank, thank you, you thank you so much Well, that was Arturo Bradic, um, who also wrote us to enigmas at univision.net. You can do the same if you have an experience. I think he's still there. Uh, I still hear a little bit of... Arturo, are you still there? Okay, well, uh, I think it's time to go with our next testimony. These stories are just haunting. They're scary, but I think it is important to to hear it um, because not just because of sharing something that is from the Hispanic culture, but also because there's so many people that have actually actually seen her. Um, and like I always say, if you if the river sounds, is because water carries. This is this is a completely translation of a. Hispanic um, saying but something along those lines I'm sorry I don't know if we have our next guest in the line yes we do okay thank you thank you we have Wade Johnson is that correct uh, yes hi Wade welcome tell me a little bit about your experience what has made you believe that she is real so uh I grew up in a small border town. Uh, my dad was a border patrol agent, and as you can imagine, it was pretty rough being the only white kid whose dad was booting Tio Pedro back into Mexico. <laughs> uh, I only had one real friend. We would go into the Mesquit Forest and explore. The vegetation was thick, covered in spines, and hid many nasty creatures that wanted to fuck your shit up. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry. We can leave that. We can leave that. <laughs> okay. okay. You can continue. Uh, so, um, as you can imagine, we learned to be careful. One afternoon, we slowly made our way out to a hill, one that we could throw rocks from, and see if we could hit the water of the Rio Grande. Uh, We lost track of time, and it became dark. Pitch. Uh, I'm sorry. When you say Rio, do you mean the this Rio Grande, the river? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Just wanted to clarify because I, I wasn't sure what you meant. Okay, sorry. Uh, so it, it was dark. Mm -hmm. Pitch black does not come close to describing it. Actually, we literally had to feel our way to the other side of the hill then look for the lights of our houses in the distance. Uh, we got comfortable after finding a trail and uh, started joking around and talking. My friend, who was very superstitious, started telling me scary stories. Uh, La Yorona came up, uh, the crying woman for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, she's a ghost who wanders around looking for her children who drowned. Uh, she drowned them in some versions of the story. My friend said, and I quote, us being all alone out here and talking about her is bad enough. Then he got quiet and acted very nervous. 
we walked along the trail even faster. And then we heard what sounded like other people. Which is totally possible, since illegals were most likely within a stone's throw distance in any direction. But the noises turned into whispers. Okay, so you were used to seeing or hearing the noises of people um, crossing the border in the desert. Of uh, you're telling me your that was a border patrol agent, right? Um, and so, what is it that you made you realize that it wasn't them, that it was actually something more? So, usually the the whispers are in Spanish, of course, and these whispers were in English which was very odd for illegals to do. Uh, they usually kept the, their distance from us, uh, and they didn't, they didn't know any English. The one that I remember distinctly said, Swim it. And in the distance, we heard a splash from behind us, in the river. Then from our side, our left, we heard a soft crying. Then it turned into a full-blown scream. Like, I cannot describe it. It was the scream you only hear from someone in real pain. So, of course, we bolted. We sprinted the whole way home. We ran through the brush, got cut and pricked to hell, and hid under my bed until dawn. So, either we heard La Llorona, or two seven-year-old boys nearly walked into some seriously fucked-up shit. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and especially because you're telling me that something we've heard so many times, she starts like whispering and then as she becomes, you know, I don't know if more upset or whatever it is that she's feeling, this sound is louder and louder. And then you heard this, this scream. Did you hear? Okay. So you're telling me she kind of said something kind of like telling you guys because we hear that she wants to fight find children because she's so sad about drowning her own do you think she wanted to drown you too when she says kind of like get in the water or what is she what does she want right well i think she said swim it so i think she wanted us to go in the water i i I don't know. Water freaks me out. It, it's always freaked me out since that day. I, I think she did want to drown us. Um, I haven't really... It, it took me a while to go even take a shower after that. I, I had to have my dad, you know, in the house. Um, to this day, Water and I are not friends, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I can only imagine. Um, did you ever hear her again or saw her again and most importantly you know we think I'm Hispanic I'm Mexican so we think that this is only only happens in Mexico right but we have so many audience here they've seen her even like you said she was telling you something in English do you think she's in this horrible, horrible pain. And this is something uh, that, again, we're going to mention with our expert in the next episode. We're going to ask her, what is going on? Why is she kind of traveling through countries and, and just haunting people, especially children? What do you think it is? I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily matters whether they're Mexican or uh, Canadian or American or 
you know, even uh, from any other place in the world. I think she's looking for two kids so, you know, she can uh, fulfill her her purpose in the afterlife or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I heard something, so I'm proof that it's probably not just, you know, in Mexico or even, you know, down in Texas. Yeah. I think it could be anywhere. Yeah. I, I've stayed away from that river. I try to stay away from rivers. Even, even uh, you know, uh, even in San Antonio, there's a river. I, I just, I can't. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and it's good that you say that because, you know, for listeners to know that it doesn't matter if you're a children, if you're a kid or not. Just be careful if you've heard something about her uh, where you live, right? Uh, I can only I can only thank you, Wade, for sharing this with us. I can hear your voice. I can hear you. It's difficult for you to share this. That's that's pretty obvious. So, again, thank you for trusting us and for being in this space. Uh, and I don't know if you have one last thing that you would like to say to our audience. Um. Well, I would say uh, don't go near the water alone or don't swim alone for that matter. I mean, in any case, but uh, yeah, be, be, be aware of water. Thank you, Wade. Thank you. Well, there it is. Wade Johnson, our third testimony. And, you know, he was just not only facing the fear of seeing her, but also the fear of dying because he was there and she was basically telling him to get in the water so she could drown him or who knows. Um, that's it for today. We don't have more testimonies for today, right? We're good. Yes, we are. All right. Well, I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. This first episode of this original series about La Llorona. This is going to continue next Thursday. We have a special guest. We have an expert. She's going to tell us what she thinks about this spirit. What is going on with her? Why she continues to be here haunting people. Real life experiences we will also have. And if you have anything to tell us, remember, you can write us to enigmas at univision.net. You can tell us your experience and you can be also in one of our episodes. My name is Daphne Wegebe and remember to look out for La Llorona. Aloha mamá, sorry por responder hasta ahora Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk Hawái es increíble, luego te cuento más Te quiero Be all you can be, visitando goarmy.com diagonal español
Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Corran la voz porque la venta para amigos y familiares de JCPenney está de vuelta. Y esta semana tenemos un cupón de 30% extra para que prepares a tu familia y hogar esta Pascua. Estos son ahorros adicionales por encima de nuestros precios bajos. Además, comparte el cupón con quien tú quieras, porque siempre es mejor cuando ahorramos juntos. JCPenney, tallas y estilos para todos. Oferta válida del 11 al 17 de marzo. Aplican exclusiones. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. Este abril te invitamos a nuestra feria virtual Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad. Conéctate virtualmente con representantes de colegios y universidades en la costa este. Desde Nueva York a Florida, aprende sobre ayuda financiera, becas y otros recursos para continuar tu educación. Regístrate para asistir y para la oportunidad de ganar una tableta. Te esperamos en Univisión Contigo rumbo a la universidad del 3 al 9 de abril. Regístrate ya en univision.com diagonal universidad. 